chapter five of rousseau and education according to nature by thomas davidson this librivox recording is in the public domain rousseau's educational theories infancy emile book one to live alone one must be a god or a beast aristotle politics an illustrious author says that it is only the bad man that is alone i say it is only the good man that is alone rousseau emile book two the whole universe can be only a point for an oyster ibid we have seen that rousseau's social and political theories had their origin in two things one a group of notions of naturalistic and individualistic tendency current in his day two his own sensuous indolent dalliant nature which continually craved a life of bovine satisfaction unencumbered by thought or sense of duty seizing upon the distinction between natural and civic life and temperamentally hating the latter he proceeded in direct opposition to hobbes and locke to decry it as slavish and depraved and to glorify the former as alone free and healthy in a word he set up his own dreams of dalliance as the ideal of human life such a course will always be open and tempting to men of his impatient undisciplined character so long as we persist in drawing a hard and fast distinction between the life of nature and the life of culture and failing to see that they are simply two co-mergent stages in one process attribute them to different principles it is always perilous to introduce any sort of dualism into existence or to seek for the explanation of the lower forms of it elsewhere than in the laws manifested in the higher if we cannot show that ethical life is natural we can at least show that natural life is rudimentarily ethical thus viewed the lower manifestation will hardly be preferred to the higher no errors are so fatally mischievous as metaphysical errors to one such error were due most of the horrors of the french revolution for a century preceding rousseau's time educational theories had been rife in a world awakening from the lurid dantes dreams of the middle age the old belief that man's nature is fallen and depraved had gradually been replaced by a belief that it is fundamentally sound and good and at the same time education had come to be regarded not as a means of eradicating vile human nature and replacing it by a new divine nature but as a means of developing human nature itself in england locke had written a plain common-sense treatise on education footnote some thoughts concerning education sixteen eighty eight end of footnote from the latter point of view and from this rousseau drew his chief inspiration about seventeen sixty the jesuits who had done so much to promote education of the repressive and eradicative sort were losing their hold footnote they were expelled from france in seventeen sixty four 
End of footnote. And thus an opportunity was offered for educational theories and practices of the opposite kind. Of this Rousseau, among others, took advantage and in 1762 produced Emile, which assumes that all education ought to be the development of nature. Rousseau's educational system was meant to be a preparation for that sort of life which his own nature pictured to him as the highest, a quiet, uneventful, unreflective, half-animal, half-childish, natural life, free from serious tasks, aims, or duties, the life of a savage, conceived as sensitive and capricious, but kind and lazy. Footnote. Savage life as conceived by Rousseau is mainly the product of his own imagination. His ideal savage is simply himself. End of footnote. Had he been logical, he would have simply advised parents to send their children at birth for nurture and education to a tribe of savages or nomads, as the Meccans are said to have done in the time of Muhammad. But logicality not being one of his virtues, he propounded this problem. How can a child born in civil society be so reared as to remain unaffected and uncorrupted by the vices inseparable from civilization? His solution is Emile. In this work, education is conceived as a negative, protective process, warding off external evil that the good native to the child. Footnote Wordsworth was under the sentimental glamour of Rousseau's influence when he wrote in his Ode to Immortality the incautious, flattering lines, not in entire forgetfulness and not in utter nakedness, but trailing clouds of glory do we come from God, who is our home. And so was Lowell when he wrote all that hath been majestical in life or death since time began is native to the simple heart of all the angel heart of man an incident in a railroad car End of footnote. may be free to unfold itself in all its spontaneity it will be the proper time to consider the justice of this conception after we have examined the work in detail rousseau flaunts his colours from the outset the opening words of the first book of emile are everything is well as it comes from the hands of the author of things everything degenerates in the hands of man here a strong line is drawn between nature as the work of god and art or culture as the work of man and the latter instead of being conceived as shakespeare and hobbes conceived it as the continuation and crown of the former is regarded as something meanly opposing and thwarting it footnote see page nine and note and compare the soliloquy of edmund in king lear act one scene two edmund is indeed the natural man whose character rousseau might have studied with advantage End of footnote. man distorts and disfigures everything and indeed if he is to live in society he must do so for only distorted men can so live in the condition which things have now reached a man left to himself in the midst of others at his birth would be the most disfigured of all prejudices authority necessity example all the social institutions in which we find ourselves submerged would stifle nature in him without putting anything in its place to prevent this the springing shrub must be protected from the shock of human opinions by education this education comes to us from nature or men or things the internal development of our faculties and organs is due to nature the use which we are taught to make of this development is the education by men and the acquisition of our own experience through the objects which affect us is the education by things 
footnote this is a false classification our experience extends to nature and man as well as to things end of footnote a complete education is possible only when these three kinds of education are in harmony now that by nature does not depend upon us that by things depends only in certain respects that by men is the only one of which we are really masters it follows that since the first two cannot be conformed to the third the third must be conformed to them if there is to be harmony men in endeavouring to impart education must conform to the methods of nature and things which exert resistance but never authority hence all authority must be excluded from methods of education ignoring things rousseau maintains that all education must conform to nature but what is nature it is the sum of man's instinctive or spontaneous tendencies before they are altered by opinion or reflection education therefore must conform to these tendencies and would do so if its only aim were to produce men out of all relations to other men but what are we to do when instead of educating man for himself we wish to educate him for others then harmony is impossible compelled to oppose either nature or social institutions we must choose between the man and the citizen for we cannot make both at the same time the natural man is all for himself footnote see dante held three twenty two to sixty nine where the lot of those who were for themselves persophero is forcibly depicted in the footnote he is the numerical unit the absolute integer having no relations save to himself and his equal the civil man is but a fractional unit depending on its denominator and deriving its value from its relation to the integer which is the body social good social institutions are those which best understand how to disnature man to take away his absolute existence to give him in exchange a relative one transferring his ego to the common unit so that each individual thinks himself no longer a one but a part of the unit and is sensible only in the whole holding that education for manhood and education for citizenship are altogether incompatible rousseau insists that we must frankly choose between the two otherwise we shall make one of the men of the present day a frenchman an englishman a bourgeois a nothing the choice he adds is not difficult to make for at the present day there is neither country nor citizen nor public institution for educating citizens footnote this is just as true of our time as it was of rousseau's and he is in part to blame for the fact we make the same unwise distinction between nature and culture between man and citizen that he did as if culture were not an art that nature makes and as if citizenship were not an essential function of man as man we cannot possibly educate a man as man without educating him as a citizen End of footnote. there remains only fami family education or the education by nature though aware that this will not qualify for civic functions rousseau nevertheless proposes to adopt it on the ground that it will restore the natural unsophisticated man whose sole function is to be a man and that whoever is well trained for that cannot fail to perform those which are related to it whether my pupil be intended for the army the church or the bar is of small consequence prior to the calling of his family nature calls him to human life to live is the craft i desire to teach him when he leaves my hands i admit he will be neither magistrate soldier nor priest he will be first of all a man and that a man may be he will be able to be as well as any one whatever changes fortune may have in store for him he will always be in his place 
footnote rousseau everywhere fails to distinguish between those social functions which are essential to man as man family duties citizenship from those which are not such as particular crafts and professions it is not incumbent upon every man to be a blacksmith or a physician but it is incumbent on every one to be a good citizen this failure vitiates his entire educational system and has led to serious practical consequences End of footnote to live according to rousseau is not to breathe it is to act to use our organs our senses our faculties and all the parts of us that give us the feeling of our existence the man who has lived most is not he who has counted the greatest number of years but he who has felt life most footnote this is another of rousseau's cardinal errors he makes life consist in feeling but forgets that all the distinctness variety and wealth of feeling are due to intellectual categories without these feeling if it were anything would be at best but a vague meaningless stirring rousseau was led to this error by the prevalent thought of his time which divorced ideas from sensible things and tried to construct a dogmatic system out of them as so divorced hume and kant partly put an end to this kind of thought but the world has been slow to find it out the truth is that the man who lives most is he who most completely translates feeling which includes sensation and desire into thought and will and thus rises above animality and instinct feeling is but seed life the tree of life of which whose eats lives forever is made up of knowledge and will continuous thought and moral self-direction and restraint End of footnote. rousseau then undertakes to train men to live that is to enjoy the maximum of feeling with as little reflection and restraint as may be footnote compare goethe faust part one lines thirty eight to fifty the passage is quoted on page one thirteen faust is everywhere a protest against the teaching of rousseau represented by mephistopheles End of footnote. in dealing with the earliest years of the child's life when undifferentiated feeling and desire predominate he lays down many sensible mostly negative rules the young child is not to be swaddled confined or rocked but to be allowed the utmost freedom of limb and voice it is to be nursed and tended by its mother and not by a hired nurse and exposed to a reasonable amount of heat cold and risk in order that it may become robust and courageous its cries must be attended to at once in so far as they express real needs but no further if it wilfully uses crying in order to obtain what it wants but does not need it must neither be awed into silence nor indulged in the former case it will learn to submit to authority and the latter to exercise it a child spends six or seven years in this way in the hands of women a victim of their caprices or of his own and after nature has been stifled by passions artificially created this factitious creature is turned over to a tutor who completes the development of the artificial germs which he finds already formed and who teaches him everything except to know himself to make the most of himself to live and make himself happy footnote happiness or what we call a good time rousseau desired above all things for himself and therefore for children which was the surest way not to get it as he discovered to his cost happiness as such could never be a true or worthy human aim see the closing sections of romola End of footnote. finally when this slavish and tyrannical child crammed with knowledge and devoid of sense as weak of body as of soul is thrown into the world to display his ineptitude his pride and all his vices he makes us deplore human misery and perversity but we are mistaken he is the child of our whims 
nature's child is quite different but how is this sad result to be avoided rousseau answers stand guard over him from the moment he comes into the world take possession of him and do not leave him till he is a man you will not succeed otherwise father and mother as the natural tutor and nurse must combine all their efforts to develop the nature of the child and rousseau says some admirable and much-needed things on the duty of parents in this respect the bosom of the family is the proper place for early education and there is no more sacred or delightful duty than that of educating children a father when he begets and feeds his children performs one-third of his task he owes men to his kind sociable men to society citizens to the state every man who can pay this triple debt and fails to do so is culpable and perhaps more culpable when he half pays it neither poverty nor work nor any human consideration relieves a man from the duty of rearing and educating his children himself reader you may take my word for it i warn every one who has a heart and neglects such sacred duties that he will long shed bitter tears over his fault and will never be consoled footnote in writing this rousseau thought of his own sad example see confessions book thirteen at the same time he was glad that the duchess of luxembourg who tried to find his abandoned children did not succeed rousseau's finest theories had nothing to do with his practice he was moral only for rhetorical purposes and in imagination in the footnote in spite of this rousseau with singular inconsistency shrinks from attempting to show in detail how parents may educate their own children instead of this he selects circumstances altogether exceptional and artificial i have resolved to give myself an imaginary pupil to suppose myself of the proper age and possessed of health knowledge and all the talents required by one who would labour on his education and to guide him from the moment of his birth to the moment when as a full-grown man he will require no guide but himself the model tutor must be young boyish in tastes and feeling and above accepting money for his services there are professions so noble that no one can pursue them for money without showing that he is unworthy to pursue them he must be willing to take charge of his pupil for twenty-five years for change of tutors is fatal he must realize that he has but one duty to teach his pupil the duties of man as to the pupil he must be of good family of robust health of ordinary ability rich footnote the poor he says need no education that furnished by their condition is compulsory they can have no other End of footnote born in a temperate climate preferably in france and an orphan the tutor will choose for his ward at birth a nurse healthy in body and in heart of good character and temperate habits cleanly gentle patient and willing to remain with the child as long as it needs a nurse the tutor and the nurse must be in complete accord and the child never dream of any change of government in short the tutor will order everything the directions which rousseau gives regarding the treatment and food of the infant and the regimen and mode of life and of the nurse are in the main excellent they may be summed up in the one precept let nature have her way the child at birth is already the pupil not of the tutor but of nature the tutor merely studies under this first teacher and prevents her efforts from being balked he watches the baby observes it follows it descries the first dawning of its feeble intelligence rousseau rightly insists that man's education begins at his birth and that what is acquired unconsciously far exceeds in amount and importance what is acquired consciously and through instruction footnote this is a truth to which kindergartners ought to give serious heed End of footnote. 
all is instruction for animate sensible beings what he says with regard to the gradual growth of a world in the child's consciousness is in every way admirable footnote had he pursued this thought and not been led astray by his own personal feelings he would have told us that education is nothing more or less than the formation in the child's consciousness of a rational world that is of a world in which every object and act has its true distinguishing relations for intellect and its true distinguishing value for affection and forestalls many of the results of our latest psychology rousseau indeed was a psychologist of the first rank the first sensations of children he says are purely affected they perceive only pleasure and pain being unable either to walk or grasp they require a great deal of time for the gradual formation of those representative sensations pre-kantian metaphysics still allowed people to use such expressions as this but in the next clause rousseau shows that he has a glimpse of the truth which show them the objects outside of themselves but while these objects are multiplying withdrawing so to speak from their eyes and assuming for them dimensions and shapes the return of the affective sensations begins to subject them to the rule of habit and habit is something to be avoided food and sleep too exactly measured become necessary for them at stated intervals and soon the desire arises not from need but from habit or rather habit adds a new need to that of nature this must be prevented the only habit which the child should be allowed to contract is the habit of contracting none let it not be carried on one arm more than on the other let it not be accustomed to offer one hand rather than the other or to use it more frequently to eat sleep act as stated times or to be unable to remain alone either night or day prepare a long way in advance for the dominion of its freedom and the use of its powers by leaving its body to its natural habits and placing it in a condition to be always its own master and in all things to carry out its own will as soon as it has one footnote these precepts are both unnatural and unwise even in a state of nature children learn habits from the very first indeed it may be safely said that all evolution whether in nature or culture is due to the acquisition of habits habit is merely the incarnation and organization of experience and action by which both become easier and richer and leave room for advance it is economy of energy to be consistent rousseau ought to have said do not allow the child to see with its eyes rather than its ears or to walk on its feet rather than on its head seeing with the eyes is no less the result of habit than right-handedness and what is all excellence must but perfected habit how does the great musician learn to play or sing except by habit what is all social life but an agreement about habits what is language but the habit of using the same sounds for the same thoughts had rousseau said that while education is the acquisition of habits that create a world of harmony between the individual and his fellow-beings conscious and unconscious and therefore the very condition of life and progress yet the individual should be careful not to allow any habit to master him when it proves prejudicial to such life or progress he would have uttered a great and fruitful truth but his whole vision was dimmed by the false notion that the normal man is the natural man and the latter a solitary savage obedient to his momentary instincts and caprices such a man never did or could exist End of footnote. what rousseau next says of the necessity and the method of freeing the child early by careful habituation from those irrational fears and repulsions which derange so many lives fear of spiders toads mice mass detonations darkness etc is excellent 
but he records a very exceptional experience when he says i've never seen a peasant man woman or child afraid of spiders much of that unlovely trait of fastidiousness which at the present day so often degenerates into cruel unsympathy for all that is not immaculate sweet-scented and aesthetic is due to the neglect of rousseau's precepts in course of time the child emerges from mere affective sensations and begins to construct out of that portion of these which is less urgent a world of things in time and space what rousseau has to say of this transition contains much truth and testifies to fine observation but it is marked throughout by a false metaphysics which made him think that the world of external objects is one thing and the system of his organized sensations another what can we say to a passage like the following for example in the early part of life when memory and imagination are still inactive the child attends only to what affects its senses its sensations being the first materials of his knowledge by offering them to it in a suitable order we are preparing its memory to furnish them later in the same order to its understanding but since it attends only to its sensations it is enough at first to show it very distinctly the connection of these same sensations with the objects that cause them just as if the very objects were not groups of sensations already organized into things in time and space by the activity of the distinguishing understanding and as if a child attentive only to sensations could be conscious of any objects to refer them to when it is conscious of such objects its understanding has already been at work in complicated and far-reaching ways rousseau's prejudice in favour of sensation and against understanding closed his eyes to the most obvious facts and led him into the gravest errors with regard to early education man is a rational animal from the first moment of his existence his first conscious feeling however vague implies an act of the understanding which is busy organizing sensations long before it knows anything of an external world his very body is but organized sensation rousseau however failing to see this but recognizing that the notions of good and evil are due to reason maintains that in its earliest years the child is incapable of any moral education if controlled at all it must be controlled by simple force reason alone he says acquaints us with good and evil the conscience which makes us love the one and hate the other though independent of reason cannot develop without it footnote here again we have both bad psychology and bad metaphysics that which cannot develop without something else is surely not independent of that something for a thing is not distinct from its development and surely the love of good is not something irrational nor is the mind a group of separate faculties End of footnote. before the age of reason we do good and evil without knowing that we do and there is no morality in our actions although there sometimes is in the feeling about others actions having relation to us a child tries to upset everything he sees he breaks or rends everything he can lay his hands upon he grasps a bird as he would a stone and chokes it without knowing what he is doing rousseau is entirely right in maintaining that such actions imply no innate evil on the part of the child being merely so many modes in which it gives effective expression to its undisciplined activity nor is he wrong when he says that the child's desire to dominate others and make them act for it a desire which readily degenerates into tyranny impatience badness proceeds from the same source to prevent such degenerations he lays down four maxims whose intent he says is to give more real liberty and less authority empire to children to allow them to do more for themselves and exact less from others 
the gist of them is that the child should be helped as far as necessary to do whatever is really necessary for his physical well-being and no farther that no attention should be paid to its whims opinions or irrational desires this would be unexceptionable if the child's spiritual needs had been taken into account but the omission is characteristic of rousseau the first book of emile closes with a number of disconnected precepts such as that a child should never be allowed to have anything because it cries for it that it should not be weaned too soon that it should not be fed on milk gruel that it should not have heaps of gaudy and expensive toys that it should be made to cut its teeth on soft objects that it should be confined to a small vocabulary but taught to articulate its words correctly from the first most of these are wise and certainly according to nature End of chapter five